Welcome to Backroom Talk. We're going to start the conversation for today with a little bit of conversation around something you guys may or may not have heard about, uh, the topic of whether CrossFit can be individualized or not. I've done that, right? I've been that person at the front of the room changing up the workout for a group of people, but it isn't individualization. So just be able to move for 60 minutes. Um, that could be hiking, that could be walking, that could be jogging, that could be assault biking, rowing, versa climbing. Uh, that'd be tough, but versa climbing. To listen to more Backroom Talk, be sure to subscribe. Learn to design personalized programs with the OPEX system of coaching by heading to opexfit.com. All right, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Backroom Talk. I'm Georgia here with Carl, and we're going to start the conversation for today with a little bit of conversation around something you guys may or may not have heard about, uh, the topic of whether CrossFit can be individualized or not. And where does this come from, Carl? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, people that, that pay attention um, in that world and in our world, which are two separate worlds. Um, they may have seen James was on the Savan podcast, which uh, <laughs> very entertaining podcast. I, I kind of dug into that after James was on there. Um, he was on there and the question was asked um, was I forgot the exact framing, but the idea of individualization came up and what is individualization? And the question was asked to James, I believe, uh, do you think CrossFit is individualized? And James very quickly said no, um, which wasn't a bash, right? It wasn't a dig at CrossFit. Um, you know, he just said it wasn't individualized. And there was quite a bit of fallout from that, surprisingly. Um, you know, if you guys are listening to this podcast, do you guys know what we do? Um, you know our beliefs. Um, you know that everything that we do is based around the individual. So to us, it's like there's not a lot of other uh, fitness education companies that are that are saying the things that we're saying and basing an entire methodology around the individual, the single person. In our opinion, CrossFit doesn't do that. Um, I might be, you know, missing missing something. I haven't been in that world in quite some time, so forgive me if some things have changed there, but based on what I know CrossFit to be, it's definitely not individualized. I own multiple CrossFit facilities. The reason why I went away from that stuff is because I couldn't individualize it no matter how hard I tried. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where the conversation started. Yeah. I think it's confusing, um, or where the confusion kind of arises from. And I guess like, first of all, the reason this blew up is because Dave Castro took a clip of James answering that question and made a nice long caption about how he does believe that CrossFit is individualized. And that's where this thing really gained momentum. And a lot of people were talking yeah. back and forth on it. But I do think it just comes down to like, fundamentally, uh, we have different definitions of what individualization means. And so when you've got two groups uh, or two people that are shouting at each other, I'm not saying James was shouting or even that Dave Castro no, was shouting, but no. um, and it was a really measured conversation. Uh, the conversation James had with Savan, I think it was great and very respectful. But James... Uh, who was the other guy on the podcast? <sighs> uh, was it Brian? He's a CCP coach, yes. right? Is it Brian? I, I'm not sure. Oh, man. Just keep going. I want to yeah. look that up because I do I do want to get his name right. Yeah, but I think uh, where, where the conflict is is that Dave Castro and James Fitzgerald just have different conceptions of what individualized really means. And for Dave, uh, he was talking about how he has seen CrossFit be individualized uh, in CrossFit gyms. To us, 
that's scaling. It's not individual design, right? Mm -hmm. Individual design is onboarding a client, putting them through assessment and intake, having a one-to-one conversation with them and designing a training program that is purely based on their capabilities and where they want to go and what their goals are. That is different to taking a group workout and changing what is inside of it to try and preserve the stimulus, but make it more appropriate for that person. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And Mm -hmm. it's probably, it's a smarter way to train than just slapping a program on, you know, 30 people and saying, go, I've done that, right? I've been that person at the front of the room, changing up the workout for a group of people, but it isn't individualization in the way that we as OPEX would define individualization. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, when I think about what individual individualization is, it's exactly what you just said, but um, you have to have context of the individual. One thing that we don't have when we have 20 people in front of us is absolute context for every single one of those humans in front of you. So if, you know, if I'm standing in front of a room and I have 20 people in front of me and I realize person six can't do this overhead squat deal that I have programmed, I'm scaling that or I'm changing that right there on the fly, right? That's scaling or changing. That's not individualizing, right? Individualizing is having context of, you know, that person's training history, their injury history, um, their capabilities and movement, their goals. I can go on and on and on, right? There might be some CrossFit coaches in front of a group class that do have that context for every single person in their facility. I have yet to see it. But hey, that might be the that might be that might be the truth for some some gym owners or CrossFit coaches out there. But that's not what the model is, yeah. right? So um, that's that's where it's like, yeah, it's it, it was a very simple. It's it's very simple. If someone came up to me and they said, "Is CrossFit individualized?" I wouldn't like bash it and say, "Oh, absolutely not. That shit's stupid." I would never say that. But I would say, no, it's absolutely not individualized. It is group training. You have a group in front of you and that group is all doing the same thing. Are there gyms that have groups doing different things? Maybe I have no idea. Right. But from what I know to be CrossFit, that's not it. Right. Um, you know, are there, is there personal training happening in CrossFit gyms? Yes, absolutely. Right. Like that happens. Uh, CrossFit was actually built on personal training. I don't know if people remember that, but uh, I remember Glassman putting out, you know, this is how you should onboard. This is how this whole thing works. And this was like in 2004, 2003, 2004. Um, that, that's not what's happening though, right? That's not what, that, that's not what's happening. So um, when I think about a CrossFit methodology, I think about what's happening in CrossFit affiliates around the world. And in CrossFit affiliates around the world, what is happening is group training. Right, they might be doing some PT on the side or some individual design actually on the side, and we have a fair amount of coaches that come through our program that are CrossFit coaches, and they're like, "Hey, no, no, no I'm doing this group thing, but I also want to spin up this individual design thing." Right, I want to have 15, 20, 30 individual design clients, and they're doing both, right? But they're not coming to us and saying the people that we're doing individual design with are doing CrossFit. It's like they understand that those are two different things. Right. And yeah, we, you know, we saw, we saw a bunch of people bashing James for saying those things. And, you know, I hope those people would just listen to the rest of the podcast because I thought it was an awesome conversation. Um, and I thought Savon asked some really good questions and I still have to find his name. Uh, I think it's Brian, but, 
I think, uh, you know, he had some really good contacts as well because he, he fell in that group, right? Like, you know, I'm a CrossFit coach. I got into CCP and it just kind of changed the way I thought about things. It didn't make me hate CrossFit. I just started doing some things differently. I don't think he totally nixed his, you know, association with CrossFit at that point, but, um, you know, it just made him open his eyes to different, different ways of doing things. And that way was individualization. And that was obviously different than what he was taught at a CrossFit level one. Yeah. I think to have a productive conversation and not just again, be like two groups, like yelling at one another, we have to agree what individualization does or doesn't mean. And it's okay to have different conceptions of that. We just have to call them two different things. Right. And realize that we're talking about slightly different ideas. We also have to define what it means to do CrossFit. Because uh, in Dave Castro's post, he did point out that a lot of CrossFit Games athletes, they are doing individualized training. But I would say those guys are doing individual design. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like they're, they're not doing the group class wad. Like maybe yeah. they jump in on the workout of the day with their gym every so often. Mm-hmm. But those guys are following very structured individualized training programs that are designed for them by an ID coach, oftentimes an OPEX educated coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it's worth acknowledging that we don't have a clear like definition of what it means to do CrossFit. And we yeah, have definitely. to decide on what that is too. Yeah. And we have to understand, you know, what, what is the, di- like, what is doing CrossFit? What is doing OPEX? We very clearly laid out what is doing OPEX means, right? It, you, you use the OPEX methodology. You assess, you design, you consult, and you continue to do those things with an individual. One coach coaches another client. It's one-to-one, right? Um, we don't really know. And, you know, hey, I'm, I'm open to being wrong. I am. So I may just be wrong on what CrossFit is. But CrossFit, to me, it's varied. It's intense. It's, gosh, quote-unquote random. It's being ready for everything. Um you know, even, you know, and it's, it gets murky when we start to say, well, this, this competitive CrossFitter, right? Competitive CrossFit games athlete does CrossFit. And it's like, well, do they, right? Like what you just laid out, it's like, do they do varied fitness? Yeah, actually, right. In a pre-competition phase, Mm -hmm. right. Are they doing varied fitness, you know, uh, when they're in their like, you know, structural build? No, they're in a structural build right like there's probably some progression in mind there um so it's it's uh it's it, it just gets weird right it's like because the test looks like this that means that you know the outcome the because the outcome is the same for everyone the path to that outcome has to be the same for everyone and that's just not the case it's not the case we know a lot of crossfit games athletes that do not take a varied approach to get to that outcome they take a very structured approach to get really good at the things that they're not good at, right? You get a you get someone that can do 36 unbroken muscle-ups. That person isn't working on a shit ton of muscle-ups in their structural build phase, right? But that person can only do, you know, 15 unbroken kipping handstand push-ups. That, prob- that person's probably doing a lot of handstand push-up builds, right? Or like uh, vertical pushing stability builds and stuff like that to be able to shore up those weaknesses. So... Um, that's individualized, right? Like what I just walked through. So, um, I just don't know a bunch of gyms that are doing that and gyms shouldn't do that. CrossFit gyms shouldn't do that. They shouldn't treat all of their members like they're CrossFit games athletes because they're not. And I think CrossFit would agree with that kind of, I I believe I could be wrong on that, but it's just different, right? It's different. 
um, individualization and, you know, constantly varied, you know, high intensities, those things are, those things are completely different in our opinion. And we, we put our, you know, flag in the ground and we're like, we actually don't want to do intense fitness. So we disagree with CrossFit on that, of course. And that's okay. I mean, that's a, that's a good opportunity for a good conversation, right? It'd be awesome to have, you know, James and, uh, you know, someone from CrossFit to have a, a conversation, right? Kind of like Savan and James had a conversation on why we don't believe in intense fitness and CrossFit can say, this is why we believe in intense fitness. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like a jab, jab, jab. It could just be a conversation. Um, so I'm going way off the deep end on this, but I think that would be beneficial. I do. I do. So long as we take the time on the front end to establish where we're talking from and what we mean by CrossFit, what we mean by OPEX and what we mean by individualization or scaling or group. Yep. You lay those definitions, then you have the opportunity to have a productive conversation. Yep. And his name is Brian. Brian. Brian, Brian Friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Smart dude. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy listening to him on my podcast. Well, guys, we're always interested in your thoughts on this stuff too. Uh, maybe you gave the Savon uh, show a listen and uh, you have some thoughts on his conversation with James there. If you're on YouTube, leave us a comment. There's really not a good way to interact with people on podcasts, but you could leave us a review <laughs> and let us know what you thought. Text me. My phone number is 555 <laughs> Five 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 five. Oh, very nice. That's easy to remember. That's like the I don't know if you guys did that in Australia. That was like the the uh, typical like fake phone number. It was always five five five. It started with five 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 because I don't think there's any numbers that Got start it. with five 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 in the U.S. I don't know if you know what I mean there. No, I I, I do. I can't think of what the uh, default would have been, but I like, like on TV shows and stuff. It was always like five five five. Like I'm, feel, I'm feeling The Simpsons. Like I feel like that's been uh, yeah, being quoted on The Simpsons, maybe. Has it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll like uh, home phone numbers have eight digits. Oh, that's way yeah. too confusing. It's different. It's different. I can't deal with that. I think it's eight. I've been away a long time. So. Including like the area code or the There's like a state code. Um, Which is two? Th it is two, but mm -hmm. you never type that in unless you're out of state. And then an additional eight. An additional eight. Okay. So ten. Is that actually... How many... Digits are in a seven. Okay. We have seven. So okay. it's area code, which I guess it's the same. Area code would be three, three. and then seven. So ten digits total. It's the same. Yeah. All right. All right. Now anyway, that we have that out of the way. Glad we got that sorted. And your toilets go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They actually just kind of go straight down. Oh, that is next level. Yeah, it's less of a spin and it's more it's of a, a straight down. That's a common Does uh, that have to misconception. do with the ozone? <laughs> yeah I just, there's a whole other ozone layer and uh, yeah i just blame everything on the ozone there we Australia. go there we go we just breathe in different air why do you guys talk like that oh the ozone yes <laughs> why are kangaroos so mean oh, the ozone <laughs> so let's move on from the uh bad australian stereotypes <laughs> and get into our conversation for the day so uh we're talking aerobic progression for the non-performer which i think is a really interesting theoretical conversation to have and obviously not just theoretical like this is something that's played out in uh, practice with clients that you've coached that I've coached over the years but uh, just to talk about what it means to actually push and develop aerobic ability for someone who's not training for a specific aerobic sport right they're mm -hmm. not training to be a better rower or run a marathon or compete in CrossFit right we're not talking about specific goals. We're just talking about fitness for life. Yeah. So progression, aerobic progression for life. What's yeah. the point? Yeah. Gosh, yeah. We start with why, right? Um, why do aerobic training? I think we've had a version of this conversation before, but 
we are just built to be aerobic beings, mm-hmm. right? Like we should be able to move sustainably through space, right? We're not chasing down our food anymore, but, um, you know, we're still walking upstairs. We're still walking around blocks. We're still walking up mountains. I hope so, but um, we're still doing all those things. So we're built to be able to do work and recover from that work pretty quickly and do more work, not really for survival anymore, but when we start looking at, uh, physiological benefits or effects on markers uh, when it comes to you know correlation of moving your body on a consistent basis. Let's just call that aerobic training today. Um, there's a lot of those, right? Like you know, decreasing blood pressure, increasing um, HDL, uh, better regulation of blood sugar, um, you know, improving lung function, um, improving uh, or decreasing your resting heart rate. So just having more efficiencies in in your normal biological systems. And it's like, why is it important to have efficiencies in your normal biological systems? We could say, oh, you know, have you ever seen a person walk up some stairs and they're just like breathing heavy for 15 minutes? It's like, that's one thing. That's just like what we're seeing. But what the hell is happening inside of the body when that person is breathing heavy after just walking up a flight of stairs? Everything just has to work harder, right? Um, when things have to work harder, they're not going to last as long, yep. right? So we want to build a really efficient system underneath the hood. So having lower resting heart rates, um, being able to recover from walking up the flight of stairs, uh, you know, having normalized blood sugar, all of those things lead to better longevity or better chances of living a longer life. So um, that's why it's important to consider aerobic work. And, you know, we're, uh, we're so biased in fitness, so we're going to put a fitness spin on this, of course, but we could actually say no one ever needs to go into the gym and do fitness for, for their aerobic training, right? Quote unquote, and we'll get into it in the progression, but it's like, you know, it's enough for most people, uh, to just go on long walks, go on long bike rides. You know what I mean? Like, uh, go rock climbing, uh, doing things like that is actually enough for people, but because we have the bias and there's people that enjoy to enjoy doing those things in a gym setting uh we just like kind of jamming on that stuff and talking about how we can build progressions for life using the stuff that we do have um in these four walls definitely well uh to like lose the bias for a second (coughs) on the in the gym stuff some of the out the gym stuff can be the best for recovery for in the gym if that makes Mm -hmm. sense right like if we have someone that uh loves doing resistance training inside of the gym doesn't love like you know assault bike intervals and spending time on the rower and we all know those clients that's okay yeah like have them do their aerobic work outdoors have Mm -hmm. them go for a walk obviously it's going to support like some of the physiological stuff you laid out there but it's also going to help with recovery from the uh, resistance training that they might do in the gym and you can kind of link and connect there Mm -hmm. as to why they want to make time to go out and do their stuff but let them know it is okay to get outside and move too Yeah, that's a beautiful thing for a lot of people, um, especially people that have families and that are busy, right? Like, you know, some of those people feel like all of their, you know, physical progress is going to be measured and uh, improved in a gym setting. And they're like, I have to be in the gym five times a week. That's the only answer. Imagine sitting down and having a conversation with that person and laying out what you just said of like, no, we don't have to do any aerobic training in the gym. Come in here three times a week. Let's do some really good resistance training and your aerobic work, spend time with your family, go on hikes, go on bike rides, right? Like it doesn't even have to be progressive in nature or anything like that. Just do it consistently. Do it two, three, four times a week, right? And you're actually going to get better and more aerobic. 
and that person's like, oh my God. So if I go out and go on a bike ride with my family, not only am I getting healthier and more aerobic, but I also get to spend time with my family and my family is getting healthier and more aerobic. It's like, that could be a light bulb moment for some people where, you know, it takes a bunch of stress off of them where they think they have to be in the gym those days. Oh man, life is so busy and where you can create a situation for people where they're able to do multiple things that are valuable to them at the same time versus like spreading that out throughout someone's day, especially someone who does have a family and work and all of these things going on. Like that's an awesome thing. Mm -hmm. I know I sometimes I'm like, I want to get all my fitness in, but I also want to make sure I like listen to my audio book and unplug and unwind and like spend time with my husband and it's like wait I can do those things at the same time like I can just take this hour go for a walk outdoors go ride my bike down to Tempe and back and be enjoying that like more like relaxation yeah. recovery meditation side of things at the same time when you said that I was just picturing you and Jacob in the gym you with one headphone in listening to an audiobook going from the assault bike, doing bench press, coaching Jacob, and you're just like doing all of those things, right? I'm an amazing multi In the gym. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, last point on that is I think, uh, you know, with that person, we have to be, to set them up for long-term success, I wouldn't, you know, I would, I would say like all those other things are a byproduct of the main thing. So it's figuring out what the main thing is for that person. For example, uh, someone says, I want to spend more time with my family. It's like, hey, I think you'll be happier if you spend more time with your family, right? Like maybe go on walks, maybe go on bike bike rides. A byproduct of that is health, longevity, all of that stuff. But the main goal is to spend time with your family, right? Instead of like connecting this like to do aerobic work, you have to do it with your family, right, type thing. So I think, um, and I'm not saying that's the one only way to do it, but I think you have to be really uh, measured on, what the intention of doing that thing really is. So you're not like, nope, do this. And all these things are a part of it because I think that starts to build like some weird, um, uh, some weird connections where it's like, I have to go on walks with my family to do aerobic work. It's like, "Mm, you can still go in the gym and do aerobic work, but the goal is to spend time with your family. Right. So it's just like two birds, one stone type deal. Absolutely. I guess like one last benefit of aerobic work that comes to mind. Um, and this is, more mental is just like the lessons we learn in pacing Mm -hmm. and patience and being okay with a little bit of boredom and stillness and quiet. Yeah. Cause we don't get that from uh, other kinds of fitness, right? Like there's a lot of effort and concentration that goes into most kinds of resistance training for sure. There's some people that like hit a flow state with that kind of work, but for the most part it's in aerobic moments where you're able just to like let go, chill out and like really feel what you're feeling. Yeah teaches patience, teaches, uh, teaches you how to get into a flow. Mm-hmm. Um, the work that you're doing obviously matters to, to feel those benefits. Um, that's why we're anti-intensity, right? Like you don't feel that shit with intense work. You don't feel the flow. Like you, you're like, oh my God, when is this going to end? But I, I think anyone listening to this that has, that has ever done any kind of aerobic work that they were capable of doing and sustaining, there's that like increase in heart rate that comes from excitement not from being tired if you if you know what I mean right like when you're like you know 90 seconds in a three minute interval on your bike erg I know you've been doing a lot of bike erg um and you're like you're just rolling and there's like some good music on or like there's some good thoughts going on in your head and there's like excitement that occurs right like that runner's high the excitement that occurs the dopamine um it just feels good right um and it's it's motivating right and you want to feel that more often um, so there's some pretty good uh, 
mental and emotional things that come along with it as well. And aerobic training offers, I would just call it like a net positive physical challenge, if that makes sense. So by net positive, I just mean when you come out of the other side, you're actually better. Mm -hmm. You're better underneath the hood. You're better mentally. You're better physically. Where if we're talking about intensity, and I'm this this the, the goal of this conversation isn't to compare intensity and aerobic work, but intensity, that's a net negative physical challenge. When you come out of it, you're less recovered, right? Hormonal function probably took a little bit of a hit, right? Motivation probably took a little bit of a hit, right? So everything after that, you're going to do less good for an amount of time until you recover from it. So intensity, it's just, it's a net negative physical challenge. Aerobic work, you wake up the next day and you're like, I'm glad I did that, right? Let's do it again. Or let's do some resistance training. Let's do something else, right? It's like net positive it's, if approached properly. Yeah, I think everyone listening to this conversation who's done some kind of intensity in the past knows that feeling of like hitting something hard in the morning and then the rest of your day just being trash. Mm-hmm. That is Saturday for me at the moment. Like yeah. my Saturday mornings are really hard and my Saturday afternoons are like on the couch, yeah. right? that's not aerobic work for life. <laughs> like yeah, that is not yeah, yeah. <laughs> conducive to that. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a very important thing to consider. How is your client feeling throughout the day? Yeah. Uh, are you doing work for life or, or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well, uh, I know you have some broad thoughts or principles on what it means to uh, master aerobic work for life. You want to share them? Yeah. So we kind of just broke this down in a few steps. So we did it in three. So step number one is move 60 minutes straight without stopping. That should be that should be the first goal, right? Uh, before any progression, obviously there could be a progression inside of that, but f- before any like faster aerobic work, shorter time should be thought about. You should actually think about getting people to being able to move their bodies for 60 minutes without stopping. Um, we could do that in various ways. Uh, for example, I talked about this on the um, cohort call yesterday. Uh, we we're talking about OPEX work, and we we're talking about the 10-minute assault bike. And I was just talking about how, you know, I've seen many people try to perform that test when I was in the gym setting and they would get like five or six minutes in and they just had to stop because they were so deconditioned because they haven't done, they didn't, they haven't done work for like 20 years, right? So even doing this at a very slow RPM just made them sick. And I'm like, that's actually a great candidate to work up to 60 minutes of just moving sustainably without stopping. I'm not taking that person through that and then thinking, okay, map nine next week, right? Like you're not doing that. So map 10, really long, extended, easy work. You got to be able to do it for 60 minutes before you start. Why 60 minutes? I don't know, right? It's long enough, right? It's uh, it's a lot more than 30 minutes, which map nine is. So just be able to move for 60 minutes. Um, That could be hiking. That could be walking. That could be jogging. That could be assault biking, rowing. Versa climbing, uh, that'd, that'd be tough, but versa climbing, yeah, it could be anything. Just moving your body sustainably for 60 minutes. So that should be step number one out of this three-step process. What does that process look like? Like how do you take someone from I can't do four minutes on the assault bike to I can do 60 minutes? Yeah, so for that person, it's um, if the assault bike is the modality that you choose to go with to yep. build to that 60 minutes, you know, that person does four minutes and th- let's say that person did five minutes and they threw up because that happens, right? What are you going to do in week two? Not give them five minutes Not again. give them five <laughs> minutes, right? So maybe that's really easy three to four minute pieces on the bike with like slow walks between. Maybe that's like five sets, um, whatever their RPM was that made them sick. Maybe take away uh, a few RPM there. Three to four minutes, 
you know, uh, and then a two minute easy walk and they're doing that three to four times. And then that's their map 10 session on the assault bike. And then you just build in volume and that person is going to, that person is going to adapt really, really quickly, right? Like they're going to get like two or three weeks in. And the reason why they were feeling sick wasn't because they didn't have the capacity to do it. Their body just didn't know what the hell it was trying to, that person was trying to put them through. So as they start to be exposed to that work, that person isn't going to go like three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, and it's going to take, you know, 55 weeks to get to 60 minutes. That person might be at 60 minutes in four weeks, right? They might be like three to four minutes and then five to eight minutes and then 10 to 15 minutes and then 30 minutes. And then they're just rolling on that thing for 60 minutes, having a conversation. And that's what they're doing on the Tuesday when they come in. Um, so yeah, of course that's to be individualized, but, um, you can, you can get someone up to 60 minutes fairly quickly, um, when it's that measured and if, if it's an exposure thing. Um, so just take that idea and do it with everything, right? Like you do that with walking, you do it with anything. Perfect. Any other questions on that one? Any thoughts so. or I thoughts on that? No, no, not at all. I think, uh, the only thing I want to clarify is what we're meaning by map, because there's probably some people listening to this uh, thing that have never heard of the term map before. Maybe haven't been through CCP. Not everyone's been through CCP. Come on, guys. What the We hell? have a cohort enrolling right now. What Go apply. Hell? You get this really cool energy system training <laughs> uh, spreadsheet. What the hell's going on here? Great little worksheet that lays out all of the maps and the pieces and the sets and the blocks and the times and the efforts and things like that. But uh, like, what's map, Carl? Yeah, for those maximum aerobic power. So... Um, that's our progression. Our aerobic progression is all based on maximum aerobic power. So we have map 10 all the way down to map one, map 10 being the longest and easiest map one being the shortest and most intense. Yeah. And then we'll lay out the time domains as we walk through the cyclical progression. Perfect. All right. So what comes uh, after someone can do 60 minutes? Of keep work doing 60 nonstop. minutes. Yeah. Keep doing 60 minutes. So Get good at it, right? Yeah. Keep good at it. Master it. Um, so if it's someone that's going through that assault bike progression, maybe they're doing, um, Maybe they're doing 60 minutes, uh, you know, three times a week, two times a week for multiple weeks. They're mastering map 10. They're mastering easy movement. You know, uh, maybe someone's going on 60 minute walks four times a week and that's their aerobic training. They're mastering map 10. So you have to get to 60 minutes. Then you have to master it. What does mastering it mean that you're just doing it without thinking, right? Like imagine after lunch, you walk around the block. Do you think about that as a physical challenge right now? I mean, I am always trying to walk the fastest of the group. <laughs> so there's a little element of challenge inside of there, but that's mental. It's not physical. Okay. 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 <laughs> so yeah, once it's not a physical challenge anymore, that means that you mastered it. Yeah. Right. And whatever that modality is. So yeah, step number two would just be to do that shit a lot and, uh, and master it and to give people numbers. It's like, do that stuff three to four times a week. Do map 10 three to four times a week as your aerobic training while trying to master map 10. I'm going to put up my hands and ask a question that we get all the time. What if my client is bored? What is my value of, as a coach giving him walking? You know, yeah. like how do I contend with that? Yeah, you just got to have conversations with them. Um, you know, it's <laughs> you're, you're not going to talk someone into enjoying that. But quite frankly, it's not your job to entertain your clients. It's your job to educate your clients. Once we try to, you know, switch this thing up to entertain, it just becomes a huge drag, right? And it becomes very unfulfilling from a coach's standpoint. But don't just 
throw in the towel once someone says, hey, I'm bored with this. Maybe have a conversation. Maybe on the front end, you're educating that person on, you know, what is this going to lead to? Why are we doing this? Walk through the biomarkers um, or the physiological markers that we just chatted through. It's like, hey, you know, this aerobic work is awesome for all of these things, right? Um, it's good for you mentally, right? It's a time, it's time to unplug. It's time to, you know, get rid of all the noise of your busy, busy day, all of that stuff. Um, and then as a coach, just maybe switch up the modality in which they're doing uh, and what they're doing in their MAP10. Because maybe someone doesn't want to sit on an assault bike for 60 minutes because it kills their ass, right? Like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go 60 minutes four times a week on an assault bike. But I would go and walk for 60 minutes, right? So find the modality that uh, fits your client, their goals, and, and what uh, what gets them going. Absolutely. Important little note there was uh, you probably can't just exchange, like, types of cyclical work for map 10 though like let's say someone's gotten really good at walking and they're doing that for 60 minutes and they're a little bored you probably don't want to just give them a 60 minute row without <laughs> exposing them <laughs> you know what that yes, feels yeah, like right yeah. you want to make sure you do build them back up to that 60 minutes if they haven't been exposed to that modality before and you know there's like some technique and discomfort that's going to be associated yeah with it. That, that's a really good point so before we jump into the rest realize that every modality is its own progression there is carryover from one modality to another if someone can row for 60 minutes they can walk for 60 minutes right um but there is there's carryover but it doesn't mean that someone's ready for that so very good point on the 60 minutes if someone says hey i want to get really good at long rowing don't be like up oh, we mastered map 10 um we've built to you know we've built to 60 minutes of walking they can definitely row right Maybe just say, you know, I want you to go at a really easy pace until you can't go anymore on the rower and just give them like a 60 minute clock and see how long they can go. Um, not everyone's going to get the 60 minutes. Most people actually wouldn't if they've never done that before. Um, so yeah, it's a really good point. Every implement is has its own progression. Every implement has its own progression. Yeah, perfect. So uh, someone has built up to 60 minutes. They've mastered 60 minutes or map 10 what next yeah What's progress yeah progress down the map continuum in uh, cyclical only modalities so we're taking them from map nine down to map one and as yep. we go from map nine down to map one pace is increasing pace is increasing yep so intensity is increasing a bit um and of course time is decreasing yeah throughout that continuum so yeah build sustainability in cyclical modalities um progressively so map nine to map one um bonus add mixed cyclical after you're done with that and by mixed cyclical you mean doing multiple, multiple cyclical multiple, modalities yeah, yeah. in a pace so that might be an assault bike for for like map nine 30 minutes of work that might be alternating for six sets uh five minutes on the assault bike five minutes on the rower five minutes on the assault bikes and you're like holding that map nine pace um so that would be a bonus right but don't do that until you move through the entire map nine to map one continuum and then bonus after that uh, for a small percentage of people go through that continuum in mixed modalities and we won't get into that in detail today because we have i think so many other times but um your resistance training right like all that stuff has to be up to par right and that's when we start talking about you know push pull squat lunge bend core all of those things um, you know, you have to have motor control, strength, endurance, and being able to do some max contractions before you go into putting those movements or those patterns into a mixed scenario. 
Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that progression could look like. But those those last two are bonus. Not everyone has to do those things. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's talk about cyclical first, right? Okay. And what it could look like to take someone from map nine down to map one. Map nine, we're talking about around 30 minutes of work. Yep. It's going to be faster than the 60 minutes of work, though. It will be faster than the 60 minutes. So I kind of have, I kind of wrote a sample design here. It might be boring for me to walk through it. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Do it. Make him listen to it. But we're it. only gonna do this for cyclical. Perfect. So this is this is an example build for someone that has number one and number two knocked out. Yep. They can they can uh, assault bike for sixty minutes. So we're I'm choosing the assault bike as the modality here, and they've mastered map ten. Okay. So all right, let's say let's say we are in the process of mastering map ten. So map ten will be in this quote unquote progression. So map ten. Okay, so we're doing this for, let's just call everything eight weeks. So each progression is going to be eight weeks. So map 10, they're assault biking 60 minutes at an easy pace two times per week. That's it. Two times per week, 60 minutes at an easy pace. Don't give a shit what the RPM is. They should be able to have a conversation during that. One week they may be at 44. The next week they may be at 47. The next week they may be at 45. We don't care. They're just moving and they're able to have a conversation. Heart rate is steady throughout. Okay. So we're not like, you need to be at this RPM. You need to be, cause that's going to cause some stress and some anxiety. And that's going to make that work. Not map 10, if that makes sense. There's just really no way to know what someone's true map 10 pace is though. It changes every, every day. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Our true map 10 pace, especially on an assault bike changes every day. And because it's not progressive, we're just doing it. Um, we don't really have to measure that that stuff. It's just like be able to have a conversation. What do we call that? Audiobook pace. Um, so we're doing that for eight weeks. Next eight weeks, we're doing map nine, 30 minutes. And now we're start, starting to talk about progressive. So we have to measure some things, right? So map nine, 30 minute assault bike at 55 RPM. Okay. You're doing that. You're resting 10 minutes and you're doing it for two sets. Still doing this only two times a week. Okay, so that's map nine. We're doing that for eight weeks. Map eight, we're doing 15 minutes. We're going from 55 RPM to 58 RPM. So 15 minutes of work. We're resting seven minutes now. So time is decreasing. Intensity is increasing with RPM. Rest is decreasing. Volume is increasing. We have to do more sets. So we're doing three sets here. Map seven, 10 minutes at 61 RPM. So 58 to 61 RPM. Resting five minutes. We're doing that for four sets. Map six, five minutes, we're jumping it up, right? 65 RPM. So we're going from 61 to 65. We're resting three minutes and we're doing that for four sets. So that's map six. Map five, we're going three minutes at 68 RPM, resting two minutes times five sets. Then we're resting six minutes and we're doing that for two blocks, okay? So just for you guys that are that are listening, a block is we have a series of sets. We rest a longer period of time, and we do that series of sets again. So I'll repeat that. Three minutes at 68 RPM, resting two minutes between, doing that for five sets. Once we're done with five sets, we're going to rest for an extended period of time, six minutes, and we're going to do that again. So two blocks. Map four, two minutes at 71 RPM, resting 90 seconds, times five sets resting five minutes and we're doing that for three blocks map three 90 seconds at 73 rpm resting 75 seconds times six sets resting four minutes three blocks map two 60 seconds at 76 rpm 
resting 60 seconds times seven sets, resting three minutes times three blocks. Map one, 30 seconds at 80 RPM, resting 30 seconds times eight sets, rest two minutes times three blocks. That's map nine, map 10, all the way to map one. So we started at an easy conversational pace. When we started actual RPM progression, we started at 55. By the time we ended this progression, we increased all the way up to 80 RPM. So 50 to 80 RPM, 30 minutes, all the way down to 30 seconds. And that is happening over 80 weeks. Yes. Yep. 80 weeks. Yep. So talk to me about what's happening inside of the eight weeks. Are you with this client that you're training for life just like you know, map one rolls around, we're at week 72, and the first session of that, you're going the eight sets for three blocks, or is there some volume progression, volume build that's happening inside of there? Yeah, yeah, pick your poison. Uh, there's a lot of ways to progress. Uh, just looking at this and such a succinct uh, progression in intensity over that time and being really focused on that, um, we're going eight weeks. So there's an opportunity to go from 55 to 58 RPM within those eight weeks. We probably don't want to do that from week eight to week nine, three RPM is a big difference, right? For someone to get used to that, that speed is very challenging sometimes. So maybe I'm increasing one RPM every two weeks, right? So it's 55, 55, 56, 56, 57, 57, 57, 57, 58, right? Like we can get, we can get, uh, very nuanced in how we increase RPM. But what I would say for, for most people, best practice, because what do we talk about in map 10 efforts change day to day, mm -hmm. right? So this is beautiful laid out and we're like, Oh, that's perfect. That's the program. And then you give it to a human and you're like, Oh shit, what happened in week four? Right. I would start to give people ranges of RPM. So I wouldn't go 55, 55, 56, 56. I go 55, 55, 55 to 56, 55 to 56, 56 to 57. So giving them a little bit of a range where it's like, hey, if you're off by one RPM, not a huge deal, right? You just weren't feeling it today. Or if you really want to give it today, right? We're just giving them guardrails. We're like, don't, don't give it, right? Because we're going to progress this thing. We'll have an opportunity to progress in the future. Would you give people ranges on sets as well? Um, you can. You can. In this particular progression, we're not doing enough sets to do that, right? So, you know, um, just going down, let's go map five, right? We're doing three minutes, resting two times five sets, rest six minutes times two blocks. Um, because of the work that we did in nine all the way to six, I know that they're able to do five sets. Yeah. If I'm getting to map one and I'm not just doing eight sets times three blocks, but I'm doing 20 sets times two blocks, I might start to give ranges and sets because that's such an extended period of time. But in this progression, we're being pretty minimal in the amount of sets that we're doing and the blocks that are going inside of it. We're like we're playing it by the book. So here, because we're not really pushing physical performance, right? Because remember, this is like for life. So when I give uh, 80 RPM in my head, I'm like, they could probably do that for 86 RPM and be okay, right? Because we're not like pushing physical performance, you know, sure. uh, we're not pushing the highest levels of uh, aerobic progression. So yeah, people have to keep that in mind as well. Yeah, gosh, I think that it's a really important thing to remember as the coach that is riding that map progression over the eight weeks. It's going to be tempting to get into week six and be like, Ooh, I want to challenge this person, you know, I want to give them something that's yeah. like new that they like are going to be like confronted with that they're going to have to adapt to. But it's like, what are we trying to do? We're just trying to get them efficient at doing work. Uh, and uh, there doesn't have to be this like end goal of uh, like true 
potential and progression in place like there might mm-hmm. be if you've got someone that is again like training to improve a 5k rope for example yeah, for sure yeah last question rest do you play with rest for this person in this uh 80 week progression not for this person um because remember i said the progression that i would think about looking at this is uh rpm specific yep um so i would adjust the rpm as we progress instead of rest if they're unable to recover mm-hmm. right if the rest is too high for this person because again we're not trying to push like the highest levels of um aerobic performance i don't really give a shit it if you know they're doing map one and uh you know instead of resting 30 seconds i'm gonna rest 15 to challenge them it's like we're just going through the progression and doing the work so for this person specifically i don't think i would adjust uh rest and mess around with that maybe the second time i go through this progression with them maybe we pick something else right like maybe i'm not giving them you know 10 minutes at 61 rpm anymore maybe i'm giving them um 115 calories right like maybe i'm giving them a task to complete instead of a time domain to complete that task in um yeah we'd probably get a little more nuance with this same person if we we're to go through something like this again yeah that's for that that's where it gets really fun right and where you do actually get to be like a little bit creative as a coach um but sticking within principles mm-hmm. where and this applies more to mixed modal work that we'll talk about but you can do something like this where it's like you know in a like circuit style slash like you've got a time domain that you're working inside of doing work inside of then you can go like more like four time based where Mm -hmm. you're doing maybe rounds for time 100 cal for time where that person isn't like limited by the 10 minutes anymore and like gaming how they pace based on 10 minutes they have this unknown element of like how long is it going to take me to complete this then you get to get into like more you know fancy progression chippers so on uh, so forth with mixed modal work but uh yeah as a coach i would i would be really good at prescribing something like this that we laid out because i think this is probably the simplest way to do it i would get really good at this before digging into other ways of of um uh prescribing aerobic progressions but i do love messing around with like you know it's that game of like you know sitting in coach rx and be like okay I know that their 5K pace is 155. I'm giving these intervals. Um, I want them to row a 1K. How long is that going to take? You know, and where does that sit in the map continuum? That's that's fun. Um, but you got to know that person to, to be able to prescribe that kind of work and still stay within those principles. And I think, in my opinion, you have to be really good at prescribing it in its simplest form, which is just like move for this amount of time at this pace progress through that absolutely well uh that was cyclical that we just laid out <laughs> yes. but we got we got two more uh steps in this like nine to one progression that someone could potentially go through mixed cyclical and then mixed modal so let's go mixed cyclical what is mixed cyclical all right so mixed cyclical is we're we're using um more than one cyclical implement um, in this progression. So instead of just assault biking, we might be assault biking and assault running. Uh, we might be doing, uh, you know, rowing and ski erging. Um, we might be doing four different implements in one progression. It's just mixed modalities that are only cyclical. Um, and you're progressing it in the same way. So I actually have a 24 week progression that I want to walk through really quick. Go for it. (laughs) No, but it's the same idea. Uh, you guys get it right. So it's like, you know, what would that look like? Um, you know, our 30 minute piece, it might be something like I laid out before with the row and assault bike going back and forth, uh, for six total sets, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, and just nailing pacing on both of those things and progressing something like that all the way down to map one. The challenge is 
the contractions, the varied contractions that you feel based on the cyclical implement that you're using. Uh, most cyclical implements are lower body dominant, so they're going to be lower body taxing. Then you start to get into things like the ski erg. And you're like, oh, that's weird, right? Like I've never felt my lats like this while trying to breathe. Um, and you can get, it, that, that stuff is fun, right? But imagine what it looks like to progress someone long-term on the ski erg. That's, uh, that's challenging for most general population people. Um, so just as, as an example, we went back and we said, like, you have to progress each one of these things individually. We're not saying you have to start at ground zero with the ski erg, but you have to understand how long someone can work on that ski erg. Um, if you're truly going to go map nine to map one, they have to go to ski erg for 60 minutes. I don't care what the pace is. It might be three minutes and 30 seconds per 500 meters. They have to be able to do that sustainably and finish it and walk away, right? Not like fall to the ground. That's challenging for a lot of people because of the upper body limitations. Um, gosh, I was doing something with the skier yesterday. Um, do you remember what I did yesterday? Uh, no, I just remember the bike uh, power snatch dip pace because that, that looked really fun. Oh, yeah. I don't remember fun. the ski erg. Um, I did ski. Oh, ski and double under. Got it. Yeah, ski and mm. double under. Mm. Um, and So that was ski and double under. And I did uh, on Monday. I did, I did like a squat triceps, pull triceps. So the pull, I felt the, and then I did a tricep triceps. And I was like, oh my God. Like I was on the ski erg and I was feeling the pull triceps from yesterday. And I was like thinking about that. I was like, was this the best choice in exercise selection? I was like a minute in and I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Let's challenge it. Cause I knew I had to go to the. I had to go to the double unders Yes. <laughs> and what's happening in double unders, right? It's like scaps have to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was a challenge for me. Um, I did that for, uh, 12 minutes, 12. Yeah. I did 12 minutes yesterday. And after I sat down, I thought about it. I was like, would I be able to do that for 48 minutes? I was like, no, couldn't do that for 48 minutes because of muscle endurance limitations. So it was like a good learning, like, all right, let's tuck that away. Not doing that uh, in that scenario for a little bit until I get a little bit further down in the map continuum. Um, but that's, that's life that happens. And sometimes we prescribe the wrong things to clients and that will happen in the cyclical progression. That'll happen in the mixed cyclical progression. We just have to understand the questions to ask and the things to look for and results um, or the things to look for physically when you see your clients doing that, if you're in person. Um, but it's, it's fun. It's a fun little game. For sure. I distinctly remember giving Jacob 10 minutes on uh, map seven on the ski erg as his like first exposure to the ski erg. And he's like, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> like, I can't do this for 10 minutes straight. It, it was yeah. terrible. That was a coaching mistake. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, just to uh, clarify there um, as well. So with the ski erg, build 60 minutes before you can go nine to one. You're talking about if someone is progressing just the skier. Just the skier, yeah. But if you're throwing it in like 10 cows here, 10 cows there, mm -hmm. you don't have to have someone. No, no. Cool. No. Um, yeah, that's mixed cyclical. I don't know if there's anything else we need to put there. I don't think so. It just gets challenging when you get down to like short mixed cyclical intervals, mm -hmm. right? Like 30 seconds, 60 seconds even, like transition time there can be tricky. I would actually, once we start getting lower in the map continuum, I would go like alternating. Yeah. Yeah, I would go like row 30, rest 30, bike 30, rest 30, pop, 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 
back don't and try forth, and back go and 15 seconds <laughs> no I don't, yeah the transition time just just wouldn't work for yeah. sure yeah yeah mixed model. mixed yeah mixed um this one's quite different actually principles are the same but it's quite different um it's quite different in that again broken record we're doing this type of work for a metabolic effect not a particular progression right we're not doing week one 15 wall balls week two we're doing 18 wall balls like inside of a mixed piece so if we're doing like assault bike 10 calories wall ball 15 calories uh 30 double under something like that so 10 20 or 10 15 30 mm -hmm. um we're not like adding volume to that eight weeks right like that doesn't make sense right it's the dose it's the dose that that can be completely different the next week you can get cute and like you know look at what patterns you're doing inside of that we're not going to get there today um but what is the dose so how i just talked about the uh ski erg double under piece right that was an inappropriate dose for what I needed, right? So what am I going to do next week? I'm going to change that up a little bit, and I'm going to try something else. I'm still going to stick with skiing, right, because I've been messing around with, like, um, assault biking, uh, assault biking, bike erg, alternating weeks, ski erg, and rowing um, every week. So I'm doing three of those pieces. And um, I'm still going to stick with skiing, but I'm not going to go ski and double under right now right i might put double unders somewhere else sprinkle them in somewhere else but it's like the dose was not right for that time domain so if the dose isn't right you just completely change it up right so we don't have to think about progression week to week to week to week in the work that's happening we're just thinking about progression week to week to week by you're doing the freaking thing that's it you're doing 10 minutes of work in a mixed scenario you were able to recover from it it was challenging physically and you could do it for 40 minutes if you had to. And then next week you're doing the same thing, but the exercises inside of it can be completely different. So let's say I am the CrossFit coach that's preparing my clients for the Open. Uh, that's a, just right around the corner. Not relevant for this conversation. <laughs> it's not. It, the, 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 this yeah. is true. You're like, okay, I think that they need to be able to do 20 wall balls. So I'm going to do this like, you know, 15 minute AM wrap and I'm going to do 10, then 12, then 14, then 16. That isn't happening in map work they uh, could be doing that yeah. kind of work in like muscle endurance sets or mm -hmm. like in isolation and skill development but map work is purely focused on that metabolic response metabolic response that's it and that's why it gets weird right like that question comes up um you know and that's why it's like bonus you can do mixed stuff with people but it's just so hard to wrap our brains around we're just doing it to do it for the dose the dose is the time domain and the effort who gives a shit what's inside of it the only reason like i i do mixed work because i enjoy it that's it, right? I'm not doing it to do the CrossFit Open. I'm not doing it to get, you know, better at a test. I'm not doing it for anything like that. I'm just doing it because I enjoy it. And quite frankly, how I come up with my mixed work is I base it on how I feel that day in that moment as I walk into the gym, right? I, like I know the framework and I just plug those things in as I kind of get rolling and get loose. Um, so, yeah, I think it does get weird in those situations. But if that person was, it's not part of this conversation, but if that person was progressing that client for the open um, and they're like, I need to get better at wall balls in a mixed scenario, it's fucking too late. Should have done that, you know, months and months ago. And what you're talking about in muscle endurance. Um, and if the, the idea is like we need to coordinate, you know, uh, changes in blood pressure and all of that, it's like that should have also been done months and months ago. Right now, 
prepping someone for the CrossFit Open in, what is that, two months away? End of Feb, yeah. Yeah, two months away. Prepping someone for that, like you're in, you're in just like a readiness build, right? Like we would just call that like pre-competition. We're, we're starting to get into that season. So, yeah, you can't, you can't learn new things in pre-competition. You just expose things in pre-competition. Wise words. But the CrossFit Open is not a training for life either. It's so not. No. We got to no, remember no. that too, right? That's why we don't do that shit. This is true. <laughs> this is George true. George is like, uh, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm registered. Are you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> is this still 20 bucks? Uh, I don't know. Or do they, do they increase or decrease the uh, price? I've, I have no idea. I'm guessing registration isn't open yet, but uh, maybe it is. Who knows? I think Carl's looking this up right now as yeah. we speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I always think it's so strange that people spend money to do a workout. I get it. If you want to do the workout, just do the workout. But if, like, you're not, like, trying to make it For sure. to the next level, why would you? Sorry but to kill anyone's dreams here. It's pressure. Pressure from the gyms, right? It looks, yeah. it looks good for the gyms to have uh, a to big who, community though? signed up. To I who? think just I, I don't really know. Have you found it? Uh, nope. I have no idea. I what don't about, know. I don't uh, know how to sign up, damn it. <laughs> can we talk just very briefly about exercise selection in mixed motor work for someone who's training for life? Uh, guiding principles for deciding what should go inside of their mixed motor work from nine to one. Oh, man. Um, whatever that person is capable of making sustainable. I know that's like a I head, knew you were going to say head, that. Head your way answer, but um, yeah, I mean... It's a long conversation. We've had this before, but uh, we have to look at where we're at in our pattern progression first, right? Uh, you have someone that, you know, is still working on motor control in the polling position uh, or in the polling pattern. You're not putting polling work in mixed modal pieces. That makes absolutely no sense, right? They need to master that pattern in resistance. Um, I think the, I think to be safest, um, and it's not like people are going to die if you put a pull <laughs> exercise in mixed modal, but to be safest principally in your head, um, I just wouldn't put anything. I wouldn't even give mixed modal work until someone has progressed through that motor control, strength, endurance, yeah. max contraction continuum in all patterns, actually. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying that, but you know, we, we see it all the time. I've given it shit. Like it's not a huge deal, right? Someone doesn't have like a, Someone has, you know, an issue with their pushing because of a very particular reason. They had a prior injury. They're probably never going to get there. Um, we are giving that person like Russian kettlebell swings in a mixed piece because they enjoy it. Yeah, that's fine, right? Like, but you have to have some context there and you have to understand. So just good principle, get through that pattern progression and make sure that person's able to do all of those movements appropriately, right? In resistance training before trying to throw that stuff into mixed modal. So to recap, Pattern or pacing progression for life, aerobic progression for life. Build to map 10. Get 60 minutes of work under your belt. Yep. Get really good to, at that be stuff. Be able to move for 60 minutes yep. without stopping. Yep. Yep. Step two, master it. Master map 10. Step three. Progress cyclically. Then. Map, map nine to map one. After that. Bonus. Bonus. Mix cyclical. Bonus. E bonus extra bonus. Bonus, bonus, bonus. Mm -hmm. uh, mixed work. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So the bonuses aren't a part of the three-step plan, uh, but you could do that after you get through this three-step plan. And with that cyclical pace, you laid out 80 weeks of work. We could go 160, 240. That's a whole lot of weeks of work. It's a lot of weeks. Someone has to uh, work through that full progression. It's a lot of weeks. It is, yeah. Patience. Patience is Patience, key. my friends. Yep. 
Well, guys, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Backroom Talk. As always, please make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And remember, we're uh, currently enrolling for our first cohort of CCP for 2022. Yes. January enrollment is open. So uh, Mm -hmm. if you want to be a CCP coach and really dig into this aerobic development stuff with the full map progression, uh, then CCP is for you. Uh, Is our webinar, is it after this comes out? It won't be. Oh, it's the day after. It is the day after. Oh, no, it's Wednesday. Sorry, guys, it's too late. Oh, we, it already happened. Hopefully you guys joined us today on that webinar that we just had. If not, it'll be on YouTube. You can watch the recording. There we go. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. Appreciate it.